Hello, and welcome to Stride and Saunter, episode 192. I'm Kip Clark. And I'm Morgan Jaffe. And today, we're going to be talking about how celebrities like Octavia Spencer and Matt Bomer have been buying out movie theaters so that audiences, primarily younger audiences, can get free tickets to see representations of themselves on screen. In my opinion, I think this is a great idea. I think it's important to support movies that go beyond the white male actor. But I think another big and important part of that is audiences need to show up to prove these types of movies are marketable. And that's why I really support people purchasing all these tickets so that audiences can see the films. For example, I wanted to see Black Panther because I was interested in the movie. I'm a comic book fan. I'm a Marvel fan. I'm a Kendrick Lamar fan. And the music I thought was amazing. And in general, I love superhero movies and movies. But also I knew it was important to go and support it financially during its opening weekend. Because again, that's the only way to show major movie companies that stories that center around characters of color or other characters not typically in movies can be marketable. And while I didn't see Love, Simon opening weekend, I also went to see it in theaters for the same reasoning for why I went to see Black Panther. That's the only way to show major movie companies that stories can center around queer characters and be marketable. I particularly appreciate the word marketable here because movies, fundamentally, represent storytelling. Some are more abstract than others, some tell us stories that could not happen on our planet Earth, but they are, in one way or another, trying to tell us something about how someone or many people view the world or wished they viewed the world. And that perspective that people are able to capture in the cinema is really spectacular, especially given modern technology and the ways in which we can showcase really exceptional visuals like those from Black Panther, which I personally really enjoyed. But what saddens me about how crucial marketability is, is that the wrong message can be sent at times to executives or others who are funding or supporting these movies, that if a movie does not rake in at the box office, then it's not a success. And I think stories, especially complex or uncommon stories, are not always marketable because people tend towards the familiar. Certainly there are curious folks who are interested in things they don't yet understand, or empathetic individuals who might be interested to hear stories to broaden their horizons. But in many ways, I don't blame people who don't see movies or read books, etc., that don't interest them, because that's natural. I would hope that we all push past those comfort zones from time to time, but I think it's very understandable that many of us don't. And I find it to be a sad reality that the movie industry somewhat bends to the whims of the public, which may not always know where progress lies or where certain stories that have not been told exist. And I can imagine it's very hard to pitch a movie whose fate in the box office you don't know. And I would imagine that a Black Panther or a Love, Simon may have been pitched years ago and may have been shot down by executives and analysts who didn't see a clear path to financial success. When I suspect you and I would both agree, Morgan, that the impact of a movie goes far beyond how much money it earns and can indeed inform, entertain, and alter people's perceptions. 
And I find it very frustrating because what does it mean to be marketable? You were talking about comfort zones and that you would hope people would go out of them, push beyond that. But I feel like people of color and queer people or people with disabilities, they don't have that option. In movies like Black Panther or Love, Simon, they don't have the option to fail at the box office. If Matt Damon or Tom Cruise or any other white star comes out with an action movie and it fails, that doesn't mean they don't get to make another action movie with another white star. But if Black Panther had failed, if it hadn't made as much money as it did, I feel like movie companies would look to that and say, well, we tried. We really did. We tried to make this a movie. We thought this would sell, but it's not, and we can't spend that much money to try to market and promote and film and direct something that's not going to be profitable. And that's frustrating. It's frustrating for a lot of reasons. The biggest one being that if you are a queer person of color, you're expected to go to a movie and sit through it that might have a straight white male actor, but you're also expected to relate to that, to be okay with that. You don't have any other option. But I feel like the message of a network or a production company is that, well, we're going to keep making films that have the quote-unquote norm, movies that have men, or white men specifically. And while they would say, oh, well, Black Panther's for a niche market, they would never say that about the Avengers. They would say, well, this is what people want to see, and this is going to make money. And even if you don't see that representation of yourself, they expect you to sit through it and not to question it. And Avengers doesn't need to prove anything. It's just going to get made. And that's why it's wonderful that you have people and celebrities buying out movie theaters so that their hometowns or youth of color or queer youth get to see these movies. The movie production houses still get the money. It's still seen as profitable. And people who may not be able to afford to buy a ticket to see that movie can still support it and see that representation. Because I think it's also important to remember that there are higher rates of poverty for people of color and queer people. So it's kind of this weird situation that a lot of moviegoers are stuck in. They want the representation. They want to see themselves in films. But also, movie tickets can be really expensive. And they might not be able to afford it and support it. And then the movie production houses say, well, this failed and we're not going to do this again. One of the reasons this topic was really meaningful to me, as longtime listeners of the show might expect, is that it involves and includes children who for me are infinitely fascinating and worth consideration, and they absorb and observe a great deal more than I believe adults or their peers in society, especially elder society, expect that they do, which I find really disappointing, and yet all the more reason that they should see films discussing identity and societal conflict and ways that we do or do not empathize with other people in the world we live in. But I also think there are some nuances worth considering in how these theaters are rented out, which is something I support. One point that comes to mind is that in my observation of the articles you'd shared with me, Morgan, many of the celebrities who have done the renting out share some aspect of identity with the characters portrayed on screen. And while there's absolutely nothing wrong with that, I do wonder if a child might internalize a certain message and think to themselves, oh, well, we live in a world where only black people will support other black people, and that I, as a young black child, can only expect support, camaraderie, and compassion from people who look like me. 
You should always be surrounded by people who support you. But as a white person who hasn't experienced what it means to be black, a lot of the messages of Black Panther and other ideas surrounding race really resonate with me. And I would hope, and there may be examples that we simply don't know about, that there are celebrities whose identities are not reflected that are renting out these theaters. And I want to be clear that I don't think it's an issue. But I would say there is an issue if it's only those celebrities and not more or all celebrities who have the means and maybe interest to do this that are participating in benevolence of this kind. That's an interesting point that I hadn't necessarily thought about. You're right. A lot of the articles that we read for today focused on people of color supporting Black Panther and queer people supporting Love, Simon. And as you said, while it might just be that we don't know of all the instances of people renting out theaters, my gut reaction to that is to remind listeners of the opportunity that they have to help support underrepresented people and communities. You don't have to be Octavia Spencer or Matt Bomer and say, I'm going to rent out this entire movie theater so that people can watch this. If you can, that's wonderful. But I realize that's a very high monetary contribution that you might not be able to afford any more than you might be able to afford a movie ticket. But for example, I'm a member of a group on Facebook. It's called Queer Exchange Boston. Members of the community will let others know of events going on or be looking for housing or trying to sell or buy certain items. But I remember when Black Panther came out opening weekend, there would be posts saying, I have one ticket or two tickets or three tickets so that someone can go and watch Black Panther who might not be able to afford it. Some of the posts asked that whoever received the tickets be a person of color. And the post wasn't always made by someone who is a person of color. So no matter how small, there are still ways to do this, to say, there's this representation on screen, I want to support that, and see representations of themselves. This entire topic of representation reminded me of Wonder Woman, which of course came out in spring of 2017, and I'm more specifically reminded of an interview between Robin Wright and Stephen Colbert that spring, in which Colbert said, this is going to be a great movie for little girls, to which Robin Wright replied, and hopefully little boys as well, which was a point that really resonated with me, and of course the audience clapped, And I don't fault Colbert for saying that. I think it makes sense because there is an expected demographic. But I'm optimistic that increasingly we will all live in a world where people are excited about identities other than their own and will show curiosity towards stories or experiences they don't yet understand. And last spring, when there was a lot of coverage of Wonder Woman, which, like Black Panther, was a big shakeup at the box office, There was one idea in particular that kept coming out of the woodwork in various interviews, discussions, roundtables, etc. that sat with me. This idea that there were little girls who didn't know that girls could be superheroes. Something I hadn't previously thought about. Maybe in my optimistic ignorance as a younger person, I had hoped that that wasn't the case. And indeed, those superpowers like Marvel's and DC's may not exist in our world. There is a feeling of inner confidence in one's own abilities that many superhero movies imbue in their viewers. It's not uncommon to see little children running around and playing superheroes, although even with that sentence, I would imagine that historically, there have been divides along race, gender, sexual orientation, etc. that have left some children feeling unsure or uncomfortable, pretending to be a certain superhero. And those lessons really sit with children. 
shaping how they see the world and what they hope to achieve or the world they think they can help. And so I'm ultimately really grateful to people like Octavia Spencer and others for doing things like this, because I have to imagine those kids may come out of the theater with short-term excitement, but underlying that, maybe even on a subconscious level, a longer-lasting feeling of self-reliance and genuine confidence. I was reading one of the articles, and it said that Octavia Spencer was planning on buying out a theater in an unserved community to ensure that brown children in the area could see themselves as a superhero. I haven't seen that interview with Robin Wright, and it brings up a really interesting point. Colbert said it's important for little girls to see themselves as superheroes. And I probably wouldn't have thought of the response that Robin Wright said, that it's important for little boys to see that too. And I feel like that sentiment can really be applied to any movie, to any type of media, really. I don't know the makeup of the audiences who saw Black Panther and the percentage that were people of color and the percentage that were white. And in the same vein, I don't know the percentages of people who saw Love, Simon the percentages that identified as queer, and the percentage of audiences who identified as straight. But I'd be curious to see the demographics of the audience members who saw these films. I would be curious as well. And before we conclude this episode, what would you like our audience to think about after listening to this conversation? I think in general, I would love it if our audience was a little more conscious of what they are going to see at the movies. And even if they're not the quote-unquote intended audience of a film, to perhaps go and support that film anyway. Think for a second about what your options are and also how you have so many options to see representations of yourself on screen and how it might feel if you didn't. There are two additional things I'd really love the audience to consider. First of which, if a movie is primarily shown to an audience of children who don't have adults present, how might that affect the way they process, remember, and interpret the film or even discuss it as they're walking out of the theater? a child with another child, as opposed to a child and a parent. And additionally, in a hypothetical circumstance where only one of the two options is possible, is it more important that underrepresented people see themselves represented for the sake of encouragement and affirmation of identity, or that people in society who do not look, act, or live like them see those representations as a means of cultivating respect and empathy. I, of course, would hope that both of these things are happening, but which to you stands out as more influential, more beneficial to society? I'd really love to know. But of course, as always, we want this to be a conversation among, not simply a conversation between. Morgan and I aren't the only two moviegoers in the world, and we'd really love to hear what you've seen, and of course, what you think about it. So if you have any comments, opinions, or feelings of any kind, please reach out to us. You can find us on Twitter or on Facebook. You can also email us via strideandsaunter at gmail.com. And if you enjoyed this episode, consider subscribing to the show as well as supporting us on Patreon, where in exchange for your support, you can receive exclusive perks like bonus episodes. And as always, we thank you very much for listening, and from thought to word and voice to ear, this is Kip Clark signing off. And I'm Morgan Jaffe. See you next time.